0: Thank you so much for allowing me to come and share with you this morning. And sometimes I get a word and it's just kind of burning inside of you. And either he has to hear it or you do. So he says, save it for tomorrow. And so I know no I'm just joking Um, but sometimes it's just you're you're full of what God is showing you and doing you and and he's doing as Joe said that work in you but he gives that to you so that you can give to others and so um, and that's not just for me that's for you Everything that the Lord does in your life is for you to learn and to give to others. That's it's the way it is for everybody. I am no different than you. You have a testimony. You have a story. You have revelation. You have uh, every every gift that God has for me and for others. He has for you too. There is no difference. There is no difference. I want to start with just a little bit of a timeline. The total of the sermon this morning, our message, is just uh, as in heaven. And it's kind of been a theme that I've kind of felt in my heart is... uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And that's how I've really been praying the past few months. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's my prayer because everything is established in heaven already. God has already established all of the plans in heaven. And when we say we want it, from what is done in heaven to be done on earth, then it has to come from heaven to earth. And so we have to pray that in, and we have to pray that what is in heaven will come into the earth and will bring a harvest, amen, will come to pass. But it comes by us praying that in and from there being an open heaven. And how do we open heaven? We praise him. We give him worship. We give him glory. We give him honor. And we allow him to be open because we are open. We have to be open. The first thing I want to start with this morning is just a little bit of a timeline. And um, it was interesting when I was writing this down. I really should journal more and write more details down um, and I'm committed to doing that more now. Um, But I was thinking back of when we came here in 2009, the first Sunday that... um, Where he was um, to preach was Jan in the first Sunday in January of 2009. Wow, it's uh, time flies when you're having fun. In 2009, in 2010, you know this was the beginning of a new era. This was taking new territory, and I could not only see that in my own life, but I could see it in the spiritual realm as well, too. It was taking new territory, coming in and breaking and, and asking God to pull down those strongholds in those areas and to, and to tear, to root up and to tear and to pull away and to do the work that he needed to do in the next 10 years through that through that era. And so in 2011... the Lord had given me just a really simple word that said, From the heart of Texas to the nations. I thought, what does that mean? From the heart of Texas to the nations. And I just tucked it deep down inside of me and I thought, I'm going to leave it right there. But I just kept being reminded of that. From the heart of Texas to the nations. From the heart of Texas to the nations. What does that mean, God? Am I going to go to the nations? What does that mean? Well, what we do in our human mind is we try to interpret what God tells us or shows us with our human thinking, and sometimes it's not accurate because our ways are not his, our, his ways, our thoughts are not His thoughts, and so it's the same with any prophetic. You know, take the nugget, tuck it away, and don't add to it, and don't take away from it. And that's the mistake that prophetic ministries do, is they put their spin on it, and then, it be, no, then it's a polluted word. It's no longer a fresh word or a pure word, it's polluted now, because we've put our flesh into it. And maybe it's just a sentence like that, out of the heart of Texas to the nations. Well, that's not enough for me, God, so I'm just going to add everything I want to to it. And I'm going to make my plans, and I want you to honor them. Have you ever done that? He says, that's not my baby, and I'm not kissing it. I've been there, and I've done that. I've had a few of those. Not going to have any more. I saw there that shortly after that, um, God opened a door for me to be able to go back into the arts, entertainment, media industry, and... um, I really felt in my spirit that God was calling me into marketplace ministry, but not only me, but I believe that he was doing that across the board. A lot of times I get tunnel vision. I think everything that God is speaking, he's just speaking to me. (laughs) And I forget that God speaks across the board corporately, the same thing. One voice, one voice, one message, okay? And so... um, I think it was the beginning of him putting Christians into key places for a time such as this, where we are right now. And so back into the arts and the uh, entertainment media industry, stayed there, and then in 2012, Oh, also, in that year was when I started with KNEL. I don't know why I started with KNEL. I didn't really want to start with KNEL. I didn't know anything about KNEL. I was just told there's a position open, you need to go apply. And I thought about it and I prayed about it. And Rudy said, You need to go apply. And so I went and gave him my resume and I came back home and I said, Well, I did what you asked me to do. And they've already hired someone. So, see, told you. And because, see, what was going on inside of me was I didn't want to let go of what God, what I was already doing. But see, God hadn't released me either. And in my tunnel vision here and thinking, I thought, well, I can't do both. But God had a plan. And so I came home and I shared with Rudy and he said, I'm telling you, the job is yours. In three weeks, you'll have that job. So up time went by, three weeks went by, and I had gone to a conference over the summer and I was gone and I was in Houston and I go on my break and I get this message from Lynn Ferris that says, hello, this is Lynn Ferris of KNEL, uh, you've dropped your resume off a while back and sorry I'm just now getting with you, but I would like to visit with you about a position. So I called him back, I said, well I'm out of town, when I get back I'll come and talk to you. So I went in, I talked to him, and he said, you know, I've had, this was like a few months now, This like two months, it wasn't three weeks, but when he put his hand on his desk, he said, I've had your resume here for several weeks, but I've been back and forth on whether or not I should call you, because I thought you might be bored here, you've got an extensive resume, and you know, I've got, I could use you if you are interested. So I've, Left and went home. And if you take that, I've been looking at this resume for several weeks. Well, that would be so. When I started, I heard from Tracy, he said, Oh, yeah, that girl she lasted a week. thought, oh, okay. So, you know, God has a way of working things, even when we don't really see it. We have to submit to his will. We have to allow him to move, and we have to discern what he's doing in our lives, and that's the only way that we can keep moving. Otherwise, we don't have the ability to understand what he's doing in our life and the lives of people around us if we don't know him. Okay? So, in 2013, um, really strong in my spirit um, that discernment you know, that we needed to have discernment, and I, I've been wearing him out ever since then about, we gotta have discernment. we've got to got to have discernment, we can't move forward in the days ahead without discernment, we've got to discern the good from the bad, the evil from, you know, we've got to discern it, and in my mind, because I'm a seer, it's very easy, because I just kind of cut it and slice it, it's like, here's, this, here's the lie, and here's the truth, and usually when people are talking, or I see something, I can do that really quick. Oh, here's the lie, here's the truth. I counsel people, I have the couple, him, her, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and usually the Holy Spirit's doing this, you know. So a discernment, we have to have a discernment to go into the times that we're in. And if you look at that right now, seven years later, where are we? Must we discern? We must discern. Seven years later, 2019, brings us to the end. 2020, now we're in 2020. When we were in the era of the year, the Hebrew years of 57, 74, and on, 70 means I, so all of that decade was what we could see. God was doing something with our spiritual eyes. He was doing something with our spiritual eyes, okay? So now we're in 5780, Eight. Eight is pay, which means mouth. Okay? So now we just came out of an era where we're seeing everything with spiritual eyes. Now it's speaking what the Holy Spirit is doing. Now it's the mouth. Now we're in the decade of the mouth. And what has happened in the past is the church has been passive. We haven't stood up. We haven't talked about anything. We don't, we don't want you know, to get involved in politics. We don't want to get involved in anything. We just, we're quiet. We're passive. We're apathetic. We don't stand for what is right. We say, what's well, good for you. is okay for you. As for me, I won't do that. But you know, we don't stand for biblical policies anymore, what's in the Bible. What we do is we just say, oh, whatever. That's not cutting it anymore. We are in an era where God is saying, you better speak it with your mouth, you better stand for what is right, or you're not going to be able to maneuver through the times that are coming. And you've got to have the discernment to know what is the truth and what is the lie. What is the truth and what is the lie? So here we are, 5781, that just started back in September. That's the Jewish New Year, so they've already started their new year. So we're already in what we'd say 2021 as far as they're concerned. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of that um, background because what I wanted you to see is that through a 10 or 11 year period, how God moves and how we need to have discernment and how in, in 2013... 2012 actually, um, we were walking through a really hard time and that's when we, uh, late December of 2013 was when we left where we were and we started, God birthed this church. And so when I went back and I looked through that year of the Hebrew year, it was the door. And I thought, how interesting that a door shut and a door opened, and that you walk through the doorway. And then it said, the door in the Hebrew meant a pathway. And then I remembered what's out on our sign that God gave us when we started. Gateway, or doorway, a pathway to a new life. Now, isn't it interesting how when you go back and you look and you can see God moving through all of those times even when you don't even know it? Okay, here we are, a new decade. How are we starting it? I'm going to start it with journaling and writing things down more and being more receptive to what God's doing, not just in my life, but in my life for other people okay, because I have not done that seriously, and I should. And so I've been convicted of that, and I've had to repent, and I say, this is, I will start afresh and anew. All right, so living a life of discernment. There is a physical and a spiritual world. Would you agree with that? Okay, we live in a physical and a spiritual. There is a heaven, there is an earth. Heaven is spiritual, earth is physical. There are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of light, and there is the kingdom of darkness, which is of Satan. And there are uh, in those kingdoms two kings that rule. One is the king of kings, and he is the kingdom in the light. And then there is the counterfeit that is the king of the darkness. And he wants to mirror everything that's in the light because he wants to be in the light. And he wants to be the light because he once was. And when he was cast out from heaven, so you have to know who Lucifer was. Lucifer was a beautiful um, I would say angel, but he was over the praise and the worship and that he was beautiful and he was the most honored cherub that was there. That He was right there at the throne of God. But what happened was he said, I'm going to be better than God. I deserve to be on that throne. And pride came in and God would not receive that. So he cast him out and a third of his demons and he was on earth. And where did he go? To the garden. Because when you, when you read the Bible, what do you see? The first thing that happens, who came to visit Eve? The serpent. Now, what did I say? We have a physical and we have a spiritual. There was a physical serpent, but there was a spiritual manifestation that came in to the serpent which was Satan. Now, we don't know how he communicated with her. God spoke through a donkey. Could Satan have spoke through the snake? We don't know those details, but what we do know is that it wasn't that he that Satan was not the serpent itself. Satan was in the serpent. His spirit was in the serpent because when God cursed the snake, the serpent, he spoke to both of them. He said, you'll crawl on your belly in the dust forever and ever and ever. And then, he said, and then I will put enmity between you and the woman. Who's he talking to there? Satan. So you have to really see that and you have to understand that Satan has been walking to and fro. And, and he also has access still to God's presence in heaven. Now, he doesn't have any authority, but in Job it says, he's talking to God, and he's talking about what he wants to do to Job, and God says, okay, well, you can do any of that, but you can't kill him. You can't harm one hair on his head. When he starts talking to God, God says, where have you been? He says, oh, I've been walking to and fro on the earth. So he's not on the earth, right? Where is he? He's in the presence of God. So the enemy... What you have to understand is when we talk about an open heaven, what is between heaven and earth? The atmosphere. What have we been seeing up here? The atmosphere is changing. In order for things to come from heaven to earth, we have to have the atmosphere change. Because what happens, the enemy is called the prince of the air. So what is he to? He takes everything that comes from heaven to earth, and he begins to work from the time that it's established here, and it begins to come down here. He's been in the air, twisting it, and turning it, and doing all kinds of things with it. And that is why we have to have Discernment because even though something has been established in heaven and we want it on earth, we have the ability to have that. But we've got to discern what are the lies and what are the truths and what are the things that happened between heaven and earth. Because the prince of the air, which is Satan, is the one that was controlling what happened between the time it left from heaven to here. So we pray. And we pray and we pray and we ask God for discernment, to to be able to discern between the lies and the truth. The two kingdoms, God the light, Satan is the dark. There is unity in the kingdom of light, there is division in the kingdom of dark. Do you see how I'm cutting this? Do you see how this will help you to discern? I'm giving you very, very simple ways that you can look at things. Is it from the kingdom of light or is it from the kingdom of dark? Does it bring unity or does it bring division? Is it something of God or is it something of the devil? Is it counterfeit or is it real? You you can divide things and you can see and you can come to the conclusion and the discern whether or not it's the lie or the truth, but just by doing these few things in your mind when you're thinking about it, when something comes to you, you look at it and you say, does it line up with God's word? Does it line up with God's character? Is it of unity? Is it of love or is it of division? Is it of evil? Is it in here? Does it Go contra does it contradict what's in the Bible? Those are all ways that you can discern whether something is good or evil, whether it is a lie or the truth. And then there's another way, and that's in your knower. And how many of you have a knower? Men, you have a knower. She's sitting right next to you. Turn to your knower if you're married and say, I know you know that you know that you know. <laughs> Because God said, I will make a helper for him. Holy Spirit is also called helper. Same word in the Hebrew. And it doesn't mean that a man can't have discernment, but it means that a woman is greatly gifted in discernment. And she was given that to help the man. Now, that doesn't mean that the man doesn't have it. That's not what I'm saying. Men are very discerning. But it is something that God gives to women to be a helpmate to men. Okay, and so um, look at the fruit. I'm a fruit watcher. I I watch people. May people can tell me anything they want to tell me, but I look at the fruit, and I watch things, and I look at things. And it's not that I judge, but yet I do, because I say, okay, does this line up with the fruit of the spirit? Where is the fruit in that? Where is the fruit? In that person or that ministry. Now the tricky thing is, is that we're living in an era, and we have for the past seven years, I'm going to say, because a lot has happened in the last seven years, not only in my life personally, and, and starting this church, and this body, and all of the things that God's been doing, but another word that the Lord gave me was that things appear, they are not as they appear. Things will appear, appear good and wonderful and beautiful and be rotten to the core. You cannot judge a ministry. You cannot judge a person. Have you ever heard you can't judge a book by its cover? Here we are. Things that appear to be good may not be. What do you need? Discernment. You need discernment to be able to tell between what is good and what is evil. Because you can't any longer go by what appearances are. Because how does the devil come? He comes in disguise. He comes to deceive. He comes to conquer. He comes to divide. And so whenever you see fruit of these things, then you know that it's not good. Because God wouldn't be dividing. God wouldn't be conquering. God wouldn't be doing all of these things. Oh, but they look so wonderful. But they're a cancer in your church. They're bringing people and they're dividing. They're talking about you. They're, turning. But no, but not them. They're so wonderful. We can be deceived. And so we have to have discernment. And we have to surround ourselves with wise counsel because it says that it's established between not only one but two Three witnesses, a word is established. So why do you come and assemble with one another? So that you can judge, so that you can see, so that you can have people around you that can speak into your life and give you wise counsel and pray for you and encourage you. And when you're absent from that, you are void from that. You are on your own over here. And the devil wants nothing more than to get you on your own. Because when he can get you on your own, he can isolate you, and he can lie to you, and he can deceive you, and he can trip you up, and he can take you wherever he wants to take you. But when you are in a body, how can the body have a part go over here and be by itself without the rest of the body? It can't. It won't function, will it? It ha- we have to have the whole body. We have to have everyone assemble. Do not forsake the assembling of one another. Why? Because we need each other. We need each other to do checks and balances. Because we're human. Amen? Amen? Do I need checks and balances? Absolutely. That's why Joe and Mackey are here. <laughs> we need it. We need it. I am not ever offended if someone speaks correction into my life. If I might not like it in the beginning, or it might hurt my feelings, but when I pray about it, and it sets well in my spirit, and I know that I know that I know that God is saying that to me, then I have the benefit and the opportunity to change. You have to be open to correction. We have to give each other permission to speak into each other's lives. And what gets in the way of allowing that is pride. And the kingdom of darkness is all about pride because what cast Lucifer out of heaven was pride. What is the kingdom of light and God is humility. How did Jesus come into this world? In a stable. How did he ride into Jerusalem? Not on his white horse that he's coming back on, but on a donkey. Humility. There is pride and there is humility. How do you discern between the spirits? Is there pride there or is there humility there? What are the fruits that are going on there? Is there Uh, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, and humility. Or are there lies, and deception, and darkness, and deceit, and division, and all kinds of evil? Immorality. Can you discern? Well, when you look at it that way, you can tell, right? What is of the kingdom of light, and what is of the kingdom of darkness. But we don't allow ourselves to think that way. Do we? Not very often. We don't analyze things. Discernment means that you are to analyze something, you examine it, you analyze it, and you study it, and you judge it. And that's what we're called to do. When I watch fruit, people can come and tell me. We've had people over the years in ministry that would come to our church and say, I'm a prophet. Okay. Okay sit down. (laughs) Well, I'm a prophet. I need to get up in the podium and I need to speak. I'm a prophet. Okay. When God tells us that, you can get up in the podium and you can speak. See, the fruit and the giftings make a way for a man or woman. You don't have to go and tell anybody who you are. The fruit of who you are reveals who you are. The Bible says that no good tree can bear bad fruit and no bad tree can bear good fruit. But only a good tree can bear good fruit and only a bad tree bear bad fruit. What kind of fruit are you producing? You're producing something. You can't get away from that part. That's a, that's a law. That's kind of like the law of gravity. If I held a pen up here and dropped it, it's going to fall. No doubt about it. You're producing something. Are you producing life or death? Is there life or death in your tongue? The Bible says there is life and death in the tongue. What is this year about? The mouth. Life and death in the tongue. Life and death in the tongue. Do we speak words of encouragement or do we speak words of death? Do we speak words of life or do we speak words of discouragement? That's kind of all turned around there. But anyway, you got my point, right? What are we speaking with our mouths? Are we speaking with faith or are we speaking with doubt? Are we speaking with unbelief? What are we speaking with our mouths? Are we speaking based on what we see around us? Or are we speaking based on what we know in our spirit because we've discerned in the times what is going on? So you have to have discernment to speak from your mouth. If you are speaking from your mouth about the things that are going on to you in the physical realm, then you are going to miss it. Because we are not of the physical realm. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are spirit like God. And when we come into the physical realm, we are to be of, in it but not of it. So what's going on around you, you shouldn't even really be affected by. You should say, that's temporal. That's not even real. Fake news. Fake circumstances. Fake doctor's report. Right? Because we're not of the physical. We are a spiritual being. If you are a born-again Christian, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives you discernment to, to be able to navigate and to guide you through your life. Will you listen? See, he doesn't go against your free will. He's not going to beat you over the head and say, did you hear what I told you? Did you hear what I told you? Did you do what I told you? Did you do what I told you? As a matter of fact, that's from the kingdom of darkness. When I was studying, it was really weird because I got this word, and God said, he'll never usurp, usurp your will. Free will. I thought, usurp your free will? It's kind of a weird way to put it. Usurp your free will. And I went and looked up usurp. And... God will never usurp your free will, but the devil will. Because you know what usurp means? It means taking possession of something by force that is not yours, and it's usually identified with a throne. Now, do we see that right now? (laughs) Who is usurping the authority of God? Who is usurping the election? Who who? Satan himself. Now, just as Satan worked through the snake, Satan works through people. God is not Republican or Democrat. That's right. God is about his book, the Bible. He doesn't say vote Democrat or Republican. He says vote my policies, me, who I am. My word, what I say is to be true. How are you going to know it's to be saying what's true? How can you discern if somebody's lying through their teeth when a politician stands up and says, Oh, yeah, we're going to do all of that for you and everything's going to be paid for and you're going to have a glorious life and we're all going to live in peace and the world is going to be a wonderful place because I'm an authority. You know who that sounds like? The Antichrist. That's right. And when words like that start coming out, you need to say, Ah, nope closing these ears right now, and I'm not going to hear it, and I'm not going to receive it. You know, it's driven Rudy crazy, because I've turned on the news every once in a while. He's decided he's not using, watching it, but I have watched it because I don't know Personally, I do not know enough about law and legislation and how things work. And I have a desire to know that. So I have read and researched, I want to know how things work. Is that wrong with wanting to know how things work? I want to know how things work so that I can discern whether something is right or wrong. We need knowledge. We need wisdom. We can't take knowledge, the world's knowledge, over godly wisdom, but we do have to have knowledge. We do have to know what we're talking about. We do need to sound like we're intelligent people. We can't just get up and start talking about things and not have any respect of anyone because we don't know what we're talking about. God says, you know, learn. He gave us knowledge, but the thing that changes our life is wisdom, not knowledge, but we need both. They're different. They're different so we live in a spiritual world, physical and spiritual. God is doing right now. He is resetting. I've heard this more and more and more from many prophets, resetting. And what I feel like God is saying is he is resetting. He is resetting. And when I hear that word and I see that, I remember when I plug in my my blow dryer and it goes out. And you know, you have to push that little red button To get power again God is resetting so that we can get the power he's resetting so we can get the power we need the power of the Holy Spirit to move through these times so push that reset button push that reset button that you can have the power of the Holy Spirit to move through the things that you need to move through he's also bringing um, restoration he's bringing restoration to your health and to your finances everything that the enemy has stolen he is giving back a hundredfold he spoke that to me almost 10 years ago go. When I took that job at KNEL, he said, it won't be your voice that goes through that airways, it will be mine. And I am telling you to take that job because I gave you that job for a purpose greater than you could ever imagine in your mind. So you say yes. And I said yes. And I've had more people come to me and say, oh, I hear you on the radio. You're just so joyful. I can see you smiling on the other side. I'm so glad to get to meet you and know what you look like. Not me. What did God say? I will go through the airways. I'm taking back everything that the enemy stole. He stole the airways, they're mine. He stole the music, it's mine. He stole the arts and the entertainment, it's mine. He stole the media, it's mine. Everything that the enemy has stolen. God is taking back. And this is the year that he will restore it back to you and to your family a hundredfold. Every way, we're daughter and son coming back. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This is the era where God is restoring everything back unto his believers. Because he has had it. Amen. He's had it. And back in March when I had that visitation, I was, I could feel grief and I could see. And as the Lord stood up and the fire came from his eye and the roar in his voice, it wasn't like a, to be, I mean, you're, you're like trembling because of, not because you're scared, but because it's just like, Powerful. You know what I'm saying? It's just like powerful. And you know that God is just, he means business. He means business. And you know, I was thinking so literally, you know, when I, all of that, and and God has just continued to download stuff about me. You know, we have to discern the, the time and the seasons. Time is days and years. We don't have any comprehension of what God means when he says a day. A day could be a thousand years in the courts of the king. We don't have any but he does say, discern the times. What times are you in? When we say what time is it, I'm not talking about 12 o'clock. I'm talking about what time are we in? We're in the end times. Amen. Amen. The seasons. Time is when there has been a plan that has been established. And it's, God is doing it. A season is a special occasion. It's something that comes and goes. Think about the seasons. There's a stop and an end. But time will never be. Amen there's a difference why do we say these things discern the times discern the seasons no God said you'll, you won't you will know the day or the hour not even the son of man knows the day or the hour that he will return only the father in heaven knows but he said look to the stars and look to the signs and know the seasons and know the times this is how we will know we will discern the times we'll discern the seasons we'll see what is right and what is wrong what has happened in the world where more morality has gone, where God's policies have gone in politics, it's no longer going to be good enough for the church to be passive and apathetic anymore. If we don't stand up for what is right, we're going to lose our rights. Amen. Amen. If we don't stand up for the people that can't speak for themselves, then who's going to stand up for them? And I was so frustrated with people that, I, that said, well, I'm just not going to vote for Donald Trump because I just don't like his personality. Okay. I'm going to vote Libertarian. Okay. Well, could that vote for Libertarian do anything for you? No. Look at the policies. Look at God... Who did Jesus choose for his 12 disciples? <laughs> Look at us. Who does God choose? Amen. And we have the right to say that the anointing is not on him. Let me tell you something. The Bible says I've anointed. In, in Isaiah 45, it talks about King Cyrus. He was not even a believer. I anointed him. Does God anoint the unbeliever? Yes, he does. He brings them in, and he qualifies the called. And you know what? He has a plan and a purpose in it all. Amen. We don't have any right to say who God puts his anointed on. But what we are responsible for is don't touch his anointed. Amen. And look at what has happened the past 4 years. All of the grief that has come against this administration. If that doesn't tell you that he is the right man, I don't know what else would. Amen. The enemy has stopped at nothing to try to take him out. And you need to be praying for him and his family more than anything right now because I'm telling you, when he tries to take him out in a spiritual way through avenues of of the House of Representatives and the Senate and all of these different ways that he tries to take him out, the next way he's going to try to take him out is in the physical way. And you need to be praying for protection of the President of the United States because, yes, he is still the President of the United States. And I don't care if you don't like his personality. Somebody might not like your personality either. But he definitely had something that God said, I can use that. Amen. We have got to discern. When I found out that Donald Trump was running for president, and I watched one of the first debates, I went to Rudy and I said, that's the president. He said, ugh. Don't even speak that. You know, we need to be for Ted Cruz. I was like, we ain't for nothing. I'm telling you, he is going to be president. You can see a mantle on him. You can see a, a, an anointing on him. You can see what God has put on him. If you look in the spirit realm, you can see. And God has put a mantle on him for such a time as this to take this nation back to where it was founded on. I was reading something about the founding fathers and um, when Abraham Lincoln was in the Senate race and he lost that and then again he went on and he won the presidency after that. And I was looking at, and part of this article, and I've sent it to you, was there were some pictures in this of uh, the time, which is called the antebellum time, which is the time from the Revolutionary to the Civil War. During that time is called that period. And the artwork that they had that's in museums and the pictures that they showed, they were all pictures of what was going on at the time in the political realm with political people and every one of them had a devil-like creature in it or a spirit of darkness. And I wish I had brought that because the discussion I may forward it to all of you. They were well aware of the spirits. Satan has been in politics from the get-go. Amen. Amen. Because wherever there is freedom, he wants oppression. Remember, he's always the opposite. Of what God is, but He wants to be God. Wherever there is freedom and liberty, the head of oppression will rear up and try to control and take over. Because when you can oppress, you can control. And when you allow freedom and liberty, you have no control, but you have faith. And you have trust. And you have freedom. God is reconnecting us. He's resetting. He's restoring. He's reconnecting us with him. He's realigning us with God's will for your life. And we are to rejoice in all things regardless of what's going on. We rejoice in all things. Now let me say something about reconnecting to God. The Bible says that we have forgotten our first love. That we are to return to our first love. Realigning with him Once we reconnect with him and we begin to discern, okay, God, what is your will for my life? Then he begins to align you for the will that he has for your life. Now, being realigned is not real comfortable. Think about going into surgery and having your body kind of realigned everywhere, okay? It would be kind of painful, right? So, When we are realigned and we're put in a place where God wants us to be so that we can come full circle in all the plans and purposes that he has for us, then we have to reconnect with him and allow allow him to realign us into the position that we need to be in so that we can fulfill the plan and purposes that we have. Because... Somehow we've gotten off track a little bit, and that's just our human flesh. All of us do it, okay? We all take detours. Doesn't mean you've missed God's plan, it just means you got to go about it a little bit of a way. So we reconnect with Him, He realigns us now, He puts us back on the path that we're to be. And sometimes that means leaving things behind that we don't want to leave behind, leaving relationships behind, leaving churches behind. There are people that realign in different places because they feel like, now they need to do it the right way. God doesn't bless someone that doesn't go in the right way. But he's realigning us. He's realigning us and repositioning us for the places that we need to be to fulfill the purposes that he has called us to fulfill. And sometimes that hurts. We have people that come come into our lives and go out of our lives and we don't understand why. God sometimes is realigning us. Sometimes we are so familiar with something that we don't discern that God is trying to get it out of our life because we're so familiar with something and so comfortable with something. But God can't work in that familiar time. He can't work in that comfort. He says, I've got to take that crutch away from you. And it doesn't mean that it's bad. In some instances it is, but it doesn't mean that it's always bad. It just means I need to get you out from under that because you can't fulfill the plan and the purposes I have for your life as long as you're underneath this. So I'm going to take you out and I'm going to put you over here and I want you to do what I've called you to do. The plan and the purpose doesn't change. It's the way you fulfill it that changes because you're stuck over here and maybe we haven't discerned what's going on over here because we're familiar with it and we like it like I didn't want to leave a job because I liked it but God was clearly a few years later closing the door and I had a vision one morning and I was really struggling with it and the Lord said you're going to tell them that you're not going to Los Angeles in, in, in the next few weeks and I said, God, I didn't do that on the last minute. I would never not honor my commitment to anyone. He said, well, your commitment is to me. And I'm telling you, you're not going to Los Angeles. You can do what you want to do, but you better think about it. So I had to get brave, and I had to call and say, I will not be at Showcase in a few weeks. And I just knew that it was going to cause all kinds of chaos, but I let it go, and I let God take care of it and that was the beginning of him removing me see he had to take me out so that I could see things clearly and it didn't mean it was a bad thing it was just the season was over and I didn't want the season to be over so he pulls me out over here and I'm still struggling I'm still like God I don't I don't want to go into the summer because I really like spring and he's saying no no You're full-blown, blossom. You're in summer. Sorry. So, pulls me out. And I remember having a vision one morning when I was um, just praying. And the Lord showed me that my toes, I saw my toes were bleeding. And they were really beat up. And I was like, oh, it's like almost, I could like almost feel it, feel it you know in the physical but it was in the spirit and they were like I could see that they were bloody and everything and I was like why are my toes all like that you know and the Lord said because you've had your foot in the door and I've been shutting the door you need to get your foot out of the door you can't walk through the next one until this one is shut now he could have shut it but instead, he let me keep my foot there and he showed me what damage I was doing to me and my body by remaining in the door. Amen. So, we can all be in places where we don't... You know, we can discern it, but we can deny it. Let me just put it that way. We can know it, but not want to believe it. And God has grace for all of that. He, he, he knows we're going to do that in our humanness. God is rewinding the clock. Just as we had an extra hour with daylight, daylight savings that just started a while ago, I say God re- rewinding the clock. Remember, time is not what we think. It's not an hour that God has given us now. What is an hour? It could be weeks, days, years, right? Because time we do not know. But God has rewound the clock now. He's rewound the clock one hour. And now we have one hour. That's called grace. To come back now and to maybe redo some things that we need to redo. But that's his graciousness. I'm going to give you one hour. How many of you feel good when you get that one hour of sleep extra? And when you rewind. He's rewinding the clock. He's rewound the clock to give you that extra time now to fulfill the purposes that he's called you to fulfill. Discernment means anakrino in the uh, Hebrew. It's examine, analyze, investigate, and judge. We must discern between the lie and the truth. In order to grow in discernment, I'm going to give you some points here on how you can grow in discernment. The first one is be willing to be corrected. And remember what I told you discernment meant? It meant to examine, analyze, investigate, and judge. Be willing to be corrected is examine yourself. Examine yourself. Don't wait for God to come and examine you because I'm telling you, that's not going to be feeling very good. Examine yourself. And say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the things in me that are unpleasing to you, that I may change them, that I may fulfill all that you have called me to fulfill. I want nothing in me that is not pleasing to you, Lord. Anything that I may be blinded to, anything that I may be ignorant to, anything that I might be in denial to. Denial, by the way, is don't even know I am lying to myself. It's, we can be blinded by things. In our humanness. But if we ask the Holy Spirit to shine a light in those places, He will. He's gracious to shine the light in the places that we need to have the light shown so that we can examine ourselves and so that we can move forward. And if those, if the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. The second thing is do not quench or grieve the Holy Spirit how do we grieve the Holy Spirit let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption do not grieve the Holy Spirit how do we do this we evaluate the fruit in our lives we evaluate the fruit so examine evaluate the third thing is be rooted in the word. A few weeks ago, the Lord gave me a word during praise and worship, and I told you that it was um, to be firmly rooted into the ground, to be rooted into the ground like a tree planted by the waters. When we are rooted into something, roots take deep root. Have you ever planted a plant and you didn't plant it deep enough? When the wind comes and blows the dirt away, then the roots begin to be exposed. It will die. We've got to be deeply rooted in the Word. The only way that we will be able to discern things is if we know the Word of God. If you don't know, like I said, I didn't have the knowledge of things and how worldly systems worked. If we don't have knowledge, if we don't have wisdom, if we don't know the Word of God, how can we discern whether or not it is the Word of God? Don't take His Word for it. Don't take my Word for it. Don't take somebody's Word on TV for it. Just go read the Bible yourself and let the Holy Spirit tell you what it is. Because you've got to know that you know, that you know, that you know what the Word of God says so that you can discern the times and the seasons so that you can discern the things that are going on around you so that you can discern the lies from the truth so you can discern what kingdom it's coming from so that you can discern if it's good or if it's evil. We've got to be in the word. Deeply rooted into the word. Deeply rooted into the word. What does that mean? Deeply rooted into the word. What are you deeply rooted in? I used to always teach people in marriage class, you can tell where your heart is by getting your checkbook out. Where your money goes, there's your heart. Let me tell you something. You can tell where your heart is When you spend more time on this than you do this, there's a little place on here on your phone, and you can see how many hours you've spent on your phone. Some people at the end of the day can get on there and say, 15 hours? I've been searching the internet, 15 hours? You don't even realize how much time you spend on that phone. And what are you checking? The fake news? Are you checking social media? That we now know has been proven to have an agenda. When you are spending more time on this or your computer than you are in the word of God, then you've got a problem. And the problem is you are not going to be able to discern what is going on around you because this is not going to tell you what it is. Your apps and your games and the things that you do are not going to tell you what's going on in the spirit realm. See, God's just, he's getting things out, right? We We don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like for somebody to tell me, put your phone down. But it's the truth. And I've had this little thing inside of me nagging, do I need to get off Facebook? Do I need to get off Facebook? Well, I use Facebook for work. Well, I have to use Facebook for K&L because I do all the Facebook for k and I don't really don't want to be on Facebook. You know, I'm really not on Facebook that much. I post for work and for things that I have to do, but I'm not on it for a social satisfaction. As a matter of fact, I hardly see things, but pops up when I get on there you know, something that comes up right away. I don't hardly ever really scroll. I might scroll a few times if I'm bored or if I'm sitting somewhere waiting. But other than that, I don't. There is nothing encouraging on social media these days. There is nothing encouraging in the news. There is nothing but lies and deceit. And let me tell you something. If you want to know what the fruit is in somebody's life, look at their social media. What are the things that they post? What are the things that they say? Where is their heart? Where is their attitude? What is the fruit? it will tell you. But when we spend more time on other things than we do in the word of God, we open up the door to be deceived because we've got to know the word. So that's investigate and study is being rooted in the word. And I want to close with this. Um, you've got to know the fruit. We've been talking about that. And it's time that we discern the times and the seasons and that understand that God is showing us how we can discern through our senses. Okay? What are our senses? Our sight our hearing, our touch, our taste, and our smell. What am I seeing with my spiritual eyes? What am I hearing with my spiritual ears? God or another voice? What am I touching my feelings, am I motivated by everything that I feel or am I driven by my emotions or am I being driven by what's in the spirit realm but what I see with my spiritual eyes and what I hear with my spiritual ears or am I in this circumstance letting that drive me? Have you ever heard this expression, I smell something fishy? You can discern with your smell. And you can discern, let's see, what did I say? Sight, hear, touch, smell, taste. The Bible says, taste, the Lord is good. Amen? Amen? So when you see good, you know that is God. Now, He gave us our senses for the natural realm and for the spiritual realm to help us to be able to discern the times and the seasons, the lies from the truth. This is in reference to the uh, election, and I'm closing. Um, There's been a lot of talk because... Prophets have come out and said Trump's going to get reelected. Trump's going to get reelected before the election, during the like all of this time, still standing, you know. And then I've heard one say, you know, then I guess we're just going to have to go repent to the world that we missed it. And um, I don't really feel that in my spirit that they need to repent to the world for missing it because I'm not for sure if they did miss it. Okay. Again, in our human mind. In our natural thinking, we comprehend something. And we think it should look a certain way when God is doing it a different way. He's spoken it, but again, remember what I said about that pure word? Trump will be reelected. Or tr- Really, basically, it was Trump will serve two terms. Okay. What does that look like? Could there be something in between? And our natural, I think the natural, the impure part of that word that came out was re-elected. When I think Kim Clement nailed it, when he said he will serve two terms... Now, I'm not being discouraged. I'm not saying there's not hope or that he won't be reelected. but what I'm saying is we got to get our mind off of what we think it is and let God do what he's got to do and be obedient to pray through what he's called us to pray through, and that is to pray for our nation, to pray for God's will to be done as it is in heaven on earth, that we pray that everything that goes between heaven and here, the Leviathan spirit, have you ever heard of that? The Leviathan spirit is when we take and we twist and we turn, the Leviathan Leviathan is like an alligator. Okay, a snake like the serpent, but an alligator. And you think of the thrashing and the turning, and what an alligator does when it's feeding. It brings nothing but destruction. It takes you down and it drowns you. This is what happens in the spirit when the prince of the air—he's twisting and turning things. When a husband and wife has a discussion or a heated discussion, and say, "I didn't say that." Yes, you did. No, this is what I said. Well, I heard you say this. See how it's completely. As soon as it leaves here twisted. Because who's the prince of the air? Satan. So we have to understand that we, we have to pray what has been established here to come to earth, but we've got to pray that as it's coming here, that it's protected, that we discern what's happening between here and here. The fake news lives here, right here. Everything that God's established in the earth I mean, in heaven, that he wants to bring to earth, the fake news is right here to make sure it didn't happen. So we've got to pray through that. Um, Amos three six eight: 8. If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? If there is calamity in a city, will not Jehovah have done it? Surely the Lord Jehovah does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord Jehovah has spoken. Who can but prophesy? The Lord does nothing in secret except for what he reveals to his servants and his prophets. He reveals something to his prophets, they've been bold enough to speak it. We don't need to interpret it. We need to lay it and let God bring it to fruition. We need to do our part, pray it, be obedient to what God's called us to be. Because remember when I said that God will not usurp our free will? That's part of it too. There's man's free will going on in doing all of that. There's man's free will going on during the election. I promise I'm closing. One scripture I'm closing right here. Zechariah three one seven and the Lord showed me this specifically for President Trump and where we are right now in the election. And, we, and I want you to, when I read this to you, I want you to remember now, God doesn't go around our free will. He calls us to be obedient. He speaks to us. He wants us to discern, and he wants us to be obedient to him. And kingdoms of darkness, kingdoms of light, what they look like, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan, standing at his right side to accuse him. Because, see, Satan is nothing but the accuser of the brethren. Standing at his right side to accuse him, the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. I found it interesting that the word Jerusalem was in there. What did he do? Moved the embassy to Jerusalem. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? What does that sound like? A burning stick snatched from the fire. I've pulled you out of where you are, and I've put you here, and I've anointed you. I've put this mantle on you, this authority on you. Now Joshua is dressed in filthy clothes. How did he come in? He stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. I believe President Trump became saved during his administration. Then he said to Joshua, Say, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. Then I said, Put a clean turban on his head. A clean turban? That means a new authority, a second term, possibly. So that. Put a clean turban on his head and clothe him while the angel of the Lord stood by him. Clothing him, that's protection. Putting protection around him. He's been beat up so terribly bad. The angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you will walk in obedience to keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts. And I will give you a place among these standing. I've heard some people say, President Trump needs to be humbled. I don't know. The Lord knows. But I know that what is established in earth, God wants, what's established in heaven, God wants to bring to earth. But there's a lot that happens between here and there. And part of it is our free will, being obedient. What we do is interceding and praying. So who knows how things are going to work out. But the good news is, it will be good. Because God has good things for his people. And I believe regardless of what happens in the election, if we have four years of an administration that is anti-Christ, it will take four years for the church to mature to grow up, for people to change, for things to be realigned, reconnected, restored, reset, for us to be able to move in the era that God has put before us. So don't fear and don't worry about how things look because we don't live in the physical. We are spirit like God and we are to look to the spirit. And what God says He will establish. He has the power to establish. You need to believe it and have faith and know it. Father God, we thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for the word. And I thank you, Father, that you are working right now in every person that is in here. And Father God, as I stretch out my hands to this body of Christ, Lord. I am asking right now, Father, that with this outstretched hand, Father, that you impart discernment to them, Father. I pray right now, as I'm praying, Father God, that you would increase the discernment in every person that is in here, Father. That you would give them the ability to examine, that you would give them the ability to... uh, Study and to evaluate, Lord, and to judge what needs to be judged, Father. I pray right now that you're increasing their discernment right now, that they would discern between the lies and the truth, that they would not be afraid to leave things in the past that need to be in the past, to walk in the new. You say, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not see it? It has sprung up already. Can you not see it? So, Father God, we ask that you would ask. let us be able to see it, what you are doing in the spirit realm. Give us the ability to discern concern the times and the seasons. Give us the ability to understand that you are greater than what anything our mind could ever comprehend and that your will and your purposes will prevail. And Father God, we release it unto you today. And Father, we ask that you would just increase every gifting that is in us this morning, Lord, that we may fulfill our destiny in you. And we thank you so much, Lord. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of The Network Live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow The Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on The Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.